Welcome to Jaguars Thursday. Former Jaguars Jeff Lagerman and Tony Baselli bring you expert insight and analysis of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Now to get things started, here's the host of Jaguars Thursday, J.P. Shadrick. Here we go, Jaguars Thursday, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. And on the phone in Minneapolis, Minnesota, site of Super Bowl 52, it's Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist Tony Baselli. We were chatting with you in the previous hour there, Tony. Um, how many of the 46 selectors do you know personally? I think it's actually 48 now because they added oh, yeah. two more last year. For they LA, added James that's right. Lo- uh, that's right. They, uh, no, not for LA. They added uh, James Lofton and uh, Dan Fouts, the two player representatives, Got the former player representatives. Okay. Good, that's that's good. Uh, James Lofton will vote for you. And uh, look, we saw Dan Dan Fouts at the FC title yeah, game. I think I got I got okay. Fouts. Uh, I think I got his vote as well. Okay, so. you worked him over. Good, good, good. How good. many of the other ones do you, do you know them all? No, I don't. I really don't. Um, you know, the hard thing is to, you know, when they see you, the guys I see, I mean, they're super nice and, and they say, Hey, you know, you deserve to be in there and everything. And, but at the same time, I get that they have a hard job. I mean, my guess is, you know, not that they're disingenuous at all, but uh, I mean, what do you say to a guy if, you know, if you're a Hall of Fame voter, you see him and you, you respect them and everything else and you talk to him, you don't want to be a jerk. So you, I, I just don't think you have any idea until that, that day comes. Um, the way I look at it, there's only one guy I know for sure is getting in, and that's Ray Lewis. He's getting in. Besides that, you know, I, I think Randy Moss will get in. After that, I have no idea. Yeah, they got to have at least four from that yeah, group. Yeah, uh, I think there's one. one. One you know for sure, and that's Ray. I mean, even even Randy Moss is not a not a given. So and but so, I mean he deserved to be in obviously but uh, but not a not a given. Yeah, not a given. That would be the first ballot. I mean I think he will be, but man, you just don't know. No, you just really don't know. It's uh, it, that's what's so crazy about the process. I mean, you know, usually you have an idea, um, you get a sense of what's going to happen, but this is one that unless you are one of those surefire guys that are first balloter like. Uh, Ray Lewis, you kind of go into the go into Saturday. I mean, we'll all get together tonight. And we'll look at each other and say nice things about each other. But I think probably everyone's secretly going, "I hope I get in, and you don't." <laughs> That's my <laughs> idea. All right, so okay, we're gonna we're gonna quiz you before you leave here. Oh, well, yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. You are you are the Hall of Fame voter, the only yeah. one. Okay, and you get to put five guys in the Hall of Fame, but you cannot put yourself in. Who are you putting in? Ray Lewis, Randy Moss, Steve Hutchinson, John Lynch, Ty Law. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, I mean, but you know, here's the thing. If I ask Tony that question tomorrow, okay, Tony, it could be different. You'll probably like, give me five I, I different. Actually, uh, like, I'm on the board at, like, I probably the only reason I'm not putting Tio in there is because I don't. I'm, I'm trying not to put two at one position in there. Mm-hmm. That's what I just did. But I very easily could say Ray Lewis, Tio, Randy Moss, um, Brian Dawkins, and John Lynch. Yeah, and so and I mean so. Right. You know, it, it's it's that's why it's, I, that's why I look at these. You know, what these voters have to go through. I'm like, I can make an argument for, you know, Fanica and Moai and and. 
and all the offensive linemen. I mean, you go through it, and it's like this is not easy. And no, it's not. It, it's funny, guys get. I mean, I get. I'm not gonna lie. I was disappointed last year, and I'll be disappointed if it doesn't happen this year. I won't be mad. I'll be disappointed. But there are guys. And my wife was talking. You know, it's funny. The wives always are a little bit more honest than even the players. <laughs> and some of the conversations she'll have with the wives. I mean, they're like picked off. Like, like some of the guys refuse to go to the honors uh, show afterwards. Uh, that's a little much. Yeah, even the ones that don't get voted in have to go to the honors show <laughs> that's a Saturday much. night. Well, and by the way, we get paid to go. <laughs> oh. Nice. I mean, and they Paint a happy to face on me. I'll be ready to go. <laughs> yeah, that's what but I, like, I was disappointed. Pacelli will always go to the honors even if he doesn't right. go because Pacelli's going to go for the paycheck. Yeah, that's right. You're getting paid, I mean, right? Yeah, it's, it's part of our – I mean, I look at it like it's my job. Yeah. Someone's going to pay me. Heck, yeah. And also, and the other thing is – I hope I'd go even if I didn't get paid because I, when I, and it was, it was, I was so disappointed last year. If it doesn't happen this year, I'll be extremely disappointed. But at the same time, I wanted to honor the guys who did get in, uh, and be happy for them because it's, it's what a great, what a great, uh, recognition for their career. And it's, it's, I'm happy for them. And, you know, I think you can be both. I think you can be disappointed and sad that it didn't happen to you and be happy for the guys that did. All right, so uh, to go back to your original five that you put in, uh, yeah. I think I think everybody understands, you know, Ray Lewis and and Randy Moss, you know, but from a, an offensive lineman's perspective, and and obviously you and I both got to watch Steve Hutchinson play. Uh, and he was a stud. He was an absolute man among boys. Tell people what made him great. So I think besides Larry Allen, he was the most physically dominating guard of that era. Um, he was, he could do everything. He was athletic and he was just a powerful human being. And like, I think Alan Fanica was a great player. And I think Kevin Y was an outstanding player. But if I had to choose one of those interior guys, I'd probably put Hutchinson above him. I'm with you all the way. And, uh, so, you know, I, I, he was just, he was dominant. Now he might not get in just cause it's his first time. He's getting in the whole thing. There's not a doubt in my, my mind. Well, if if he doesn't deserve, if he doesn't go to the Hall of Fame, then nobody deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he was right. He's going to get in. I mean, and that's the other thing you 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 forget sometimes um, is making it in your first ballot is really hard. The first year you're eligible to get in, I mean, that is not a lot of guys get that. And and so if Steve Hutchinson doesn't get in, I mean, he'll be in next year or the year after. I mean, he'll be in in the next two or three years. I mean, he's just. He's too good of a player. Yeah, yeah. You got to have what eighty percent of those voters. Vote. Yeah, yeah right. so basically, you have to get forty of the forty-eight. Yeah, he he was a, first of all, he was a great player, uh, super strong, stronger than than most guys. That's why I say a man among boys. There's not very many men among boys playing in the National Football. No, I mean, everybody's grown men. everybody's right. big and strong, yeah, right. but there are certain guys that that separate. You know, okay, and Hutchinson was one of those guys. Uh, he was just stronger than everybody else. And then the whole contract thing in which the poison pill uh, thing was kind of interesting because his contract was one of the first ever that had one particular clause in it that the team that he came from couldn't match it. So uh, it was an interesting contract design that he had. But great player. Great yeah, I read, player. I read an article about that, Jeff, uh, and he said he was disappointed to leave. He wanted to stay in Seattle. But the, the Seahawks did not give him the franchise tag like they franchised uh, 
uh, oh gosh, the left Walter tackle, Jones. Walter Jones, um, and and then it just became a business decision at that point. Yeah, but, but he, think he really he, he was upset to leave. He didn't want not want to leave playing next to Walter Jones. Hey, think about that. I mean, Steve Hutchinson. And Walter Jones. Okay, so how about that's, that? Left that's side. one side of your yeah. line. We're running left all the time, boys. Hall of Famer, <laughs> Hall of Famer. Yeah. And here's that's the why thing: they made the Super Bowl. Hall of Famer. Okay, they didn't need one guy to help them make the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Okay, I mean these guys were Hall of Famers in their own right. I mean these guys were unbelievable. Walter Jones, uh, and I said this uh, talking with Gene Fournette yesterday, Tony. I thought Walter Jones was one of the most powerful men to, in, to ever play left tackle. I mean, he, he, he was, yeah, he was uh, dominant. He was a dominant player. He was, uh, I, I, you know, he most of his great years were after I was done, and he was the guy I liked watching when I was done playing. I mean, I, he was, he was an amazing guy. Hey, final thought here, Tony, before we let you go. Who's winning the Super Bowl and why? You know, it's a tough one because I've been to both practices now. Philly is a more talented team. They really are. But I just think New England, with the experience that they have, the leadership of Belichick and Tom Brady is going to is just going to hold on there and find a way to win. I think it's a really tight game. I mean, it's a field goal game. But I think the Patriots just find a way to win back-to-back. It's frustrating, man. We'll come back and do our picks a little bit later. Right. Yeah, I just wanted to get Tony. Well, what happened? What happened last? Uh, we never went over. What happened? Uh, well, I was gone you, last. You Thursday. gained another game because Logs and I had the same last time out. So you gained another uh, spot in the rankings. So we'll go through all that a little bit later. So I was. Uh, I'm so you're in the lead now. You're in the lead. Yeah, you're in the lead. But nothing. So that what's 52 the Super, points. What's the Super Bowl can't. worth? Fifty-two points. Fifty-two. Right. All right. <laughs> I love How many it. points am I behind? <laughs> How many points am I behind? Uh, a lot. 53. Oh, funny 50. enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there you have it. 52 points. Tony's in the lead by like three points. Logs is out of it. So am it's I two out more. Of it? For real? I don't know. You're not. Okay. No, we're all. If it, trust me, no one's oh. 52 points behind. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, whoever wins the Super Bowl is right, So, JP, the you have to pick New England. Do I have to? Yes. No, I don't. And then, so then I can. No, no, no. No, so, no, no, no. So then I can pick Phil. No, 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 no. Who, well, you, Tony picked New England. He did. You have to pick New England. I don't that have way, to. I'll pick Philly. If Philly wins, I win. Why are you telling me what I need to And then do? Joe will like me more because I pick Philly. Tony, enjoy the banquet tonight, will you? <laughs> All right, boys. I'll talk to you later. And good luck to you this weekend. We'll See talk you. to good you luck. hopefully Thanks, on Saturday. Guys. Thank you. Tony Baselli from Minneapolis, Minnesota, a Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist. Check out Jack Hanania's Audi Jacksonville Unblanding. You can lease a beautiful new A3 from just two twenty nine a month. Head over today for details. We'll return with more. It's Jaguars Thursday on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back to the HananiaAutos.com studio. Jaguars Thursday continues right now. We're back. Jaguars Thursday. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Joe Fortunato at the controls. That was a little psychedelic feel. There. It was. Yeah, yeah, I like it, Joe. Hollywood Max Hockman agrees. Um, were, you, were you doing that on the uh, on the thingy? What do you call that, J.P.? The pot? 
Is that what it's called? Yeah. The pot? Mm-hmm. So where it's like a, it's like a, uh, it's, it's a, a it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a sliding switch. Yes. Okay. And so Joe's like a rapper. He was working that thing back and forth to create the psychedelic effect. It worked. Yeah. It was very nice. Very nice. I was impressed. Caught my attention. Max is not impressed. It doesn't take much for you, Logs. I got news for you. I know it doesn't. Hey, I'm easily entertained. What can I say? <laughs> Max Max is in mono. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't hear the way. Oh, I can tell you this, okay, yes. folks, for those people. And who are, who's Max and who's Joe? Okay. Well, I uh, ask that every single well, day. Joe is our executive producer for radio. He's the one that, like, he, he controls the radio world. Okay. He allows us to talk, and he allows us to not talk at times. Okay. Runs the music. Does everything. Correct. Okay. Max... Okay, is the the man behind the glass? Okay, and Max is responsible for putting us up on uh, different video platforms. Okay, that's correct. And what video platform are we broadcasting on tonight? We are on Jaguars dot com, the Jags app, and the Jags Facebook page. Okay, where right? uh, would Max? Do, Twitter. We're on Jags Twitter. Twitter okay, we're on sorry. Twitter. According to Max. Okay, sorry. that didn't go over the air. Max's voice, right? No. Okay, good. It did not. No, he doesn't have very good. He's got a face for radio. And a voice not for radio. So anyway, uh, that's who all these people are. Just want to let people know. I mean, the people were saying Max and were saying Joe, and they're like, who's Max? Who's Joe? Well, now they know. Now they know. They've listened all season, and now they know. Doesn't matter. Well, yeah, Max's nickname is also Hollywood. So you've probably heard Baselli yell many times, okay, on Monday nights, Hollywood this, Hollywood that. Okay? Hollywood bring us some food. That is right. Max. Yes, that's yes. Max. So we're clear on all that. That's good news. Good. Um, it's Super Bowl week. You might have heard of that. Yeah, we'll, we'll do our picks coming up a little uh, bit later. You know the interesting John thing? John Osher coming up as well. For me, uh, yeah. Super Bowl week is that I literally – I try not to watch anything. You know, I'll read. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll read, you know, the clips on, on little things that come out from, from Super Bowl week. But I, I literally – I don't watch any ESPN, uh, any NFL network. I don't watch any of it. Uh and this isn't something that's unique to this year because the Jaguars were in the AFC title game and, you know, I can't, I don't want to get depressed. No, it's none of that. It's because if you watch, in, in my opinion, if you watch all that stuff in the week leading up to the game, it kind of just burns you. By the time you get to the game, you're just burnt out, you know? I mean. Information overload. Oh, my gosh, yes. And so I don't even want, I don't even turn the TV on. Until what time's kickoff on Sunday? Six something, six oh eight, six oh eight, six oh nine, or whatever. Okay, I, I'm going to turn the TV on probably fifteen minutes before kickoff, so I can catch a little bit of uh, Chris Collinsworth, who who I think is the best analyst in the business. By the way, I think he does a fantastic job. And and, and I want to say this about Chris Collinsworth: years ago, I thought he was a, I thought he was a, uh, a, a snobbish rube. Uh, in really? the broadcast booth, I really, I think he's really, he's gotten a lot better, yeah. and uh, and and so I, I want to say that because uh, you know I really enjoy listening to what he says. I think some of his opinion, some of his big picture stuff, is very good. You know, because I, I thought that one of the best big picture ana- uh, analysts that has ever ever been in the league was John Madden. Oh, he's the best. And well, yes. a lot of people think of John Madden as breaking down a plane, boom, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. The telestrator well, and, that. and the and the sound effects and all that. But his big picture view of things in a game, I thought were unbelievable. And I really think that Chris Collinsworth has has really achieved 
uh, that level as well in his broadcasting duties and, uh, and, and credit to him and, of course, uh, him being teamed with Al Michaels. I mean, Al Michaels is simply one of the best ever. And he's just so smooth, and it's so effortless for him, uh, and he does a great job. So I'm looking forward to watching the game and listening to those two guys call the game because they do a great job. It's a 6.30 kickoff. I was mistaken. Okay, 6.30. So 6.30 kickoff time, U.S. Bank Stadium, Minneapolis. Pink will sing the national anthem, by the way. I know, Logs, you were looking forward to that. You know, it's cool. I mean, and, look, uh, look, I don't Leslie care who Odom. sings the national anthem. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge national anthem yeah. fan because, you know what, uh, you guys can probably tell every national anthem that that we stand up for before every game that I've been as a player and as a broadcaster. I mean, the national anthem at the very end of it, you get a, I get a tear in my eye. Yeah. I, mean, I love it. Uh, they are still planning to have a flyover, even though it's a domed stadium. Yeah, that's kind of odd, yeah. right? For TV, um, I suppose. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, and then Timberlake, right? Is Justin halftime? Timberlake halftime? Nice. Okay, did he? Wasn't he involved in one of those he controversial halftimes yes. a while ago? So why, why is he allowed to do that again? Well, because that was like 10 years, 15 well, years ago, I mean, ago, wasn't, wasn't he a party to that? You know, well, that he ripped the clothes off. I mean, right? come on. Yeah. I, mean, it's, I don't think Janet Jackson's coming back. You know, I will say that, I mean, that, that cat, he can, he can sing and, and he can dance. I'm just jealous, that's all. <laughs> so you'll be watching halftime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I'm going to watch <laughs> halftime. You know, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, that's bigger than the game for some people, right? Some people, you yes. know, uh, yes. it's not bigger than the game to me. But I mean, if you know, if, here's the thing I love about Super Bowl. First of all, the game itself. You know, the game is always the most important thing. No doubt. The second most important thing are the commercials. They're okay. important, yes. Because some of the best commercials that have ever been have been at Super Bowl. Uh, the next best thing about the Super Bowl is the food that you're eating. Yeah, I'm with you on that. For me, it's the whole day. It's the the pregame starts at what one o'clock? No, I see. I'm not going to do on. that, JP. I'm not sitting there not watching every that. minute of it. I'm but it's gonna, on. They're I know. Talking see, about the game building and I, up, and I watch Animal Planet at one o'clock until five forty-five. Puppy Bowl? Yeah, I watch. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, if, if it's the Puppy Bowl, I'm going to watch the Puppy Bowl on Animal Planet. I'll the watch Puppy Bowl. I'll look. I'll watch Gold Rush. Okay, I'll watch reruns of Deadliest Catcher. I mean, anything, but anything Super Bowl related. I don't want to watch it. On the day of the game, I'm ready for Super Bowl talk. And that Not means me. Pre-game. All no, the way I'll up. be ready. I'll be ready at about five. I like the NBC Studio Show. By the way, I mean, they who's, do a great who's, job. On, who's on the Studio Dan Show? Patrick and uh, Dan Patrick is terrible. Okay, give me another one. <laughs> uh, uh, coach, uh, one, one of Tony the Dungy. Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy does Harrison a good job. Harrison is on there. Harrison does a good job. So there you go. What else you got? Florio you got comes through sometimes. Yeah, Florio's okay. You know? Yeah, Florio's okay. So Dan Patrick. What is wrong with you? Uh, it's a good studio show. He's so kind, I enjoy of, kind of a buffoon. Okay. What, did he say something bad about you? No, no. He's never said anything bad about me. Just, I think so. he's. I think he's got certain political leanings that don't need to be brought into my football. And I get tired of that. What about... Um, is he is he worse than uh, the draft analyst who shunned you on draft night? No, I like Mel Kuyper. I okay. think Mel Kuyper's very entertaining. He entertained me uh, even when he when he criticized the pick. I, I'm okay with Mel. Uh, I mean, I just don't want. To, I don't know if he was right you know, below but, Mel or my, above my, Mel. My or? favorite draft analyst by far, though, is Mike Mayock. Yes, he's the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, works hard, knows his stuff, knows people, creates his own opinion, uh, gets opinions from others. He's the best. But yeah, but uh, what other what other what else we need to get off your chest tonight? I don't Mark? know where, where you, you want to go. Leave me where you want to go. There's a couch right over here. Lay down. We'll we'll get a microphone over there to you, 
and we'll we'll make it right again. You know, I, I just look. I, I I really I'm not joking about Dan Patrick though. That's aggressive. I'm really not. That's really aggressive. <laughs> We're gonna take a time out. We'll come back and get John Osier on the case. He's from Minneapolis as well. He's been there from Wednesday through today. He'll be there throughout the weekend on Tony Baselli Watch 2018. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. It's Jaguars Thursday on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back to the HananiaAutos.com studio. Jaguars Thursday continues right now. Welcome back, Jaguars Thursday. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. It's the final... uh, 7 o'clock start for Jaguars Thursday this year. Next week we go to 6. 6 to 7 for the that, That's a good thing. I, I get to bed a little bit earlier then. You are getting older now. Uh, what yeah. time do you eat dinner? 4.30? Uh, Buffet? Early bird? Well, I, I kind of had a little bit of dinner before I came here. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's a problem. You got to get to bed. It was supposed to be an appetizer and it kind of turned, it turned into a meal. Yeah. yeah, not ideal. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, a guy who knows all about that all too well is John Osier in Minneapolis, Minnesota. John, how's the food court at the Mall of America these days? Well, it's, uh, it, it's good. It's where we are, of course. It's, uh, it's a food court. I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't seen it tomorrow yet, but I'm looking for one. But beyond that, it's your typical food court. I think there's one there. I saw a photo from one uh, earlier this week. So I can honestly say. Oh, yeah, fine. It's a bigger food court than they have over at Regency, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I'm court. sure. I, I, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> you know, People have talked about the Mall of America like it's a destination, right? It is. It, is it not a mall? It is a massive mall. It's okay. the largest mall in the world. What? Okay. Yeah, so. It's a mall. And, uh, what it is is. Uh, I'm assuming I'm not a big shopper. You guys see me dressed, but I'm not. You know, I'm not that uh, diverse in my style. <laughs> but it it does seem to have an incredible selection of uh, you know, stores, high end stuff that you wouldn't normally have access to all in one place. It's it's a little more diverse than say the uh, St. Augustine Outlet Center, which I'm a big fan of. But selection here a little different. <laughs> and they got a roller coaster and a. Um... All that stuff in the middle of it. Really? Yeah. That's yeah, the cool. Ferris wheel. I'm looking at the Ferris wheel. PCAV's had the Ferris wheel quite a few times. PCAV. He's a Ferris, Ferris wheel I can't guy. can't get PCAV out of the miniature golf. <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, for some reason, I just can't imagine. Okay, look, if, you, if you're in. But here's the other thing. It's all indoors, right? Okay. And if, yeah. you, if you live in, in Minnesota or in your around Minneapolis, what the hell else are you going to do? Okay. That's a fair question. I mean, it's. It, I mean, that's Jeff. It's cold up here. I don't know that or not, but it's cold. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering if you could send me some of those. I'm sure you've got some of that orange garb that you wear out for hunting. Yes, I do. They were in Green Bay. I do. So if you could FedEx that up here, that's great. <laughs> Didn't quite prepare well enough to. Hey, you? hey, look. It's either right okay. Back. It's it's ice fishing, snowmobiling. Uh, what else do you do in the outdoors up there? Um, build snowmen. Okay, deer season's over with in Minnesota already. So your options besides that is to go to the Mall of America. Yeah. Play yeah, pretty much hockey. it. Yeah. And, Play hockey. And, and hit the food court. We're right next to Carlo's Bake Shop where you can get cake. Mm. So that might be a destination at some point. Sounds like a plan. Um, makes, you, makes you very appreciative of the fact that we live in beautiful Jacksonville, yes, Florida. Yes, indeed. Hey, oh, John- no question. I'm not kidding you. 
I've been in weather. I mean, I you know covering games and whatnot. The uh, Cincinnati game back in 2000 with the Jags was the coldest I've ever been. Uh, this rivals it. It is. It was minus one with like a 20 below wind chill this morning, and uh, that's real. That's not. Uh, that does not play around. Yeah, that'll wake so I need up. I need to get inside this morning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wake that's up. that's like frostbite quickly if you don't uh, cover up your extremities. John, we know you're there to follow Tony Baselli all week. Um, we Absolutely. Just, we had Tony on the the last half of the Doug Marone show in the first segment of this program, getting ready for the big banquet tonight to. Um, honor all the finalists for the Hall of Fame. But you're right there on Radio Row. Um, those guys make the rounds all week. And we, we saw your visit with Sal Palantonio today on, on uh, Facebook, Jaguars' Facebook page. Sal Pal. He's a, a Hall of Fame selector. And it, it's, it's more positive than we've heard in a long, long time for Tony Baselli. Well, it really is. And first of all, this is a big week for Tony because – he gets to talk about Tony quite a bit, which is right in his wheelhouse. <laughs> so, so, so it's good on that sense. But uh, kidding aside, there's definitely uh, uh, what I tried to write for Jaguars.com today. Was, it's always difficult to get a real vibe for how the vote's going to go because a lot of these guys, understandably, wait until they get in the room on Saturday to really make their final decision because they feel like they owe that to the process. And I respect that because they take this job very seriously and they try to make the best decision based on the most five deserving guys that year. That said, uh, when you're up here last year talking to these guys, there was a feeling of we think Tony has a good chance at some point to get in, perhaps not this year. Well, now it's more of a we think Tony has a chance, a real chance this year, and there's far more people saying, hey, we think he's going to get in at some point. And perhaps this year, if not this year, definitely at some point in the next couple of Now, not all of them say that, but, but that has been the shift I've noticed is a really good chance this year. Whereas that, Tony himself said when he was on our Facebook today that last year he kind of thought it would have been a long shot for him to get in. You get the idea this year that it's not nearly as much of a long shot and that at some point it's going to happen because, and a couple of things have happened. The Terrell Davis thing last year with him getting in, it took away a big obstacle of people who were saying, well, Tony only played X number of years. When that went out the window, then it gets back to Jeff, and I'll let you talk about this. You practiced against the guy. Once that went out the window, what you've got in play now is how good was he when he played? And once you get down that, once you get down to that question, Jeff, then all of a sudden there's really nothing to speak against him because the guy was good. Uh-huh. He was that good. Yeah, he was. He was amazing. Uh, and you know, and he, and he played against some of the best players that that there was at that in that era. Right. And uh, and, I, and I said this before, and, and I'll repeat it again. You know, with some of the other offensive line Hall of Fame candidates that are out there, uh, Hutchinson, Fanica, uh, Mawai, Jacoby, you could you could all of them are very good players, very good players. Mm-hmm. And Hutchinson would be probably the second best offensive lineman when you're ranking the offensive lineman behind Tony. 
Hutchinson because had, he was the standard at guard for a long he time. He was unbelievable. And right. And Hutchinson was the best guard in his era, period. Tony was the best tackle in his era, period. Okay, because right. and you could probably make the statement though about all these other offensive linemen that are candidates this year, but there 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 might have been better options if you were putting an offensive line together to take during their era. Hutchinson would be the hardest one. You would probably try to find somebody that was better than him. But but Tony Baselli, I said this before, there was nobody better than him when he was playing the game. The only one that came close was Ogden, but by that point, Tony was kind of at the end. Uh, right. But that's the only guy. I mean, look, I played against a lot of these great Hall of Fame players, and I practiced against Tony Baselli every day. I'm damn glad I didn't have to play against him in a game. He was that good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what's interesting is I think now that you've got the uh, the longevity question out of the way, and so, so nobody really talks about it. When you bring Tony up now, you don't have to spend two or three minutes talking about that. Today when I talked to Vic Carusi from the Buffalo News and talked to Armando Salguero from the Miami Herald, these are two guys that covered Jason Taylor, Armando did, and covered Baselli Bruce Smith. Him. And Baselli whooped him. Vic Rucci Right. And, and now you're getting to where these guys say, yeah, I had a conversation with Jason Taylor, and Jason Taylor told me, this guy was incredible. He kicked my butt. Now, I'm sure Jason Taylor would also say there were times I would, you know, whatever. But now you're getting down to where you can have that conversation, meaning – who did he beat? Who did he dominate? How did he do against these sort of, uh, you know, era shaping or uh, reputation making games? And the answer is Tony usually won those battles. I mean, he, you know, and everybody sort of remembers those. So I think that's giving him an edge too. In that, when these voters go and talk to their people and talk to the guys that they depend on for uh, backing up their opinions or for shaping their opinions, now you're getting into, again, the conversation of how good was this guy? And the answer is he was as good as I ever played against. And Tony always fares well when that's the conversation. So, again, more and more people I talk to up here, uh, Pete Frisco the same way, who everybody knows what an influence he's been in terms of Tony's conversation. More and more people are saying, he's getting in, we're just not sure when. And that's fair, because there's 15 guys, and you're trying to decide five spots. Not every worthy guy gets in. But I would be, coming into this last year, I would not have said, I would be stunned if Tony never gets in. At this point, I feel like I'd be very surprised if he never gets in. All right, so uh, John, you you are the Hall of Fame voter, the one and only. And you get to put five guys in the Hall of Fame this year. Who would you put in? You know, it's uh, I spend so much time on Tony that I don't look at the other guys as much as I should. I would have to put uh, Ray Lewis as a walk-in because of what he accomplished on the field. Everybody knows that. I have a tough time not putting Moss in uh, because of what he meant to the game and in a dynamic way he came in um, and then I've got to put Tony in 
Uh, I would have to go uh, Brian Dawkins because I have sort of a personal affection for him. I covered him in high school. Uh, I think he's the best safety out there right now. And then at that point, um, probably Hutchinson for the reasons we outlined. I'm always kind of partial to the guys who defined their position when they played, and I think Steve Hutchinson did that. Uh, if you're separating linemen, there's some voters who believe you only put one guy in one position each year. So if all you're doing is doing that and saying one offensive lineman, I think Baselli goes in over Hutchinson. But, you know, for me, those would probably be my five, but I probably haven't thought it through enough to absolutely argue, you know, to the height about every guy. But to me, those five guys make sense. I'm not a big T.O. guy because of the, uh, you know, the argument with T.O. that you hear a lot of voters talk about and a lot of football people talk about is he was he was not wanted on his team at times at the height of his career. And that's a tough hurdle to get past when that's the case. Yeah. That's what's keeping T.O. out. And as it should, and I totally only think I totally agree way. with with John's picks. By the way, if if I had a Hall of Fame vote, those would be my five. Uh, because, and here's the other thing: the if you look at the Hall of Fame, the one position that's probably absolutely grossly misrepresented is the, the offensive line from a number standpoint. You know, and defensive tackles. I mean, there's defensive ends. There's no safety in there, too. Safety's been overlooked. I kind of think Leroy Butler should uh, be considered more. And, again, uh, the Jacksonville connection, I like Leroy. But I think I think he's very overlooked. I think the safety position as a whole has been too overlooked. But I agree with you, Jeff. Uh, defensive tackle, offensive line, certainly overlooked. Yeah, and I, I just think that it's about time the offensive line gets you know represented as they should. Because, you know – and I know, and I understand what the Hall of Fame is. Uh, Vic Ketchman has beat that into my brain. It's the Hall of Fame. Okay. It doesn't mean the Hall of the Great Player or the Hall sure. of the Best Player Ever. It's the Hall of Fame. I get, I get that. But at the same token, too, there is a lot of offensive linemen that have played this game. And I'm a, of the believer that the Hall of Fame should also represent position groups and that it should be proportionately, you know, to the numbers that you have in the Hall of Fame, to the numbers that have played the game at each position. So, in other words, you can't have all quarterbacks and running backs and wide receivers because they touch the ball. I mean, I get it. It makes them famous because they touch the ball. But, look, I mean, why should offensive guards, you know, which is probably the most underrepresented position that there is in in the Hall of Fame, why should they not be given their due? Because they play a position that's, you know, that they don't touch the ball. You know, so I really do, John. I hope you're right. I hope Hutchinson gets in. I hope Paselli gets in. I'm with you on Dawkins, and I'm with you on Randy Moss and Ray Lewis. I think, John, you're you're a very smart man. Well, I've been told that not often enough, Jeff. So if you want to come around in the off season and tell me that some more, feel free. <laughs> hey, Osh, what's <laughs> what's the rest of your week look like in Minneapolis? Yeah, unfortunately. You know, I've got to spend a lot of time tomorrow again talking about Baselli, and then I've actually got to spend some time with him on Saturday. So, I mean, it's going to be a long, long, long weekend. And you guys are going to be actually <laughs> in his room, right, Saturday? Yeah, that's the hope. So, I mean, it's uh, you know, it, it, and I'm kidding. It, it, I would, I hope he gets in because it, it would be really cool to be there for that moment. 
and to see it. And, uh, you know, for all he's meant, I I was there when he walked into the uh, press room when he was drafted, the night he was drafted. Uh, you know, I went out to do a story on him for the Times Union two weeks after he was drafted. So as much as I kid uh, you know, Tony about being his ego, whatever, he deserves it. It would be cool to see. And I think for a long time, Jaguars fans have been following this thing for a long time. It would be an important special moment. So, you know, here's throwing away the bias a little bit and hoping that it happens. All right. Well, if, if okay, if you're in your, you're in his room, okay, and, okay, he's announced a, he's in, okay? First thing you need to do, okay, is order room service, okay? Dom Perignon, okay, drinks on the house, and just put it all on Baselli's bill. Because he's a Hall of Famer. I was going to say, I'll assume that he would have already ordered room service. That's got to be a once-a-day thing for him, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's not like he won't have ordered it already. That's a good point. Yeah, uh, Another order, sir. Yeah, You'll get one of these. Uh, Mr. Baselli, may I help you again? <laughs> right. When you call. So, <laughs> Are you guys staying for the game or no? Uh, no, we're not. Um, you know, it, 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 I, I've been at a game uh, back in 05 or 06 when I was uh, working with the Colts. I went to the Super Bowl for some weekday stuff and stayed for the game. It was it was the game where the Seahawks lost to the Steelers. Yeah, it, it it's not that you feel kind of disassociated uh, from it when you're there covering it and your team's not in it. So uh, I think I'll probably wait to cover my next one uh, next year when the Jaguars get there. I like it. I like it. We're leaving Sunday. We're leaving after after all the Tony stuff gets over with. We're going to leave on Sunday. Enjoy it. Enjoy Radio Row again tomorrow, and uh, we'll look forward to your coverage of Baselli Watch 2018 over the next couple of days, John. Can't wait. Look forward to it, guys. Thanks for having me on. There he is, John Ozer, Jaguars.com we'll senior writer. Smartest man on the radio tonight, by the way. Apparently. Yeah, very very much so. I mean, his piss picks were dead on. I don't know how he overtook me. Well, that's not hard. I don't know how he overtook me. I really don't. Experience Everbank Field in an entirely new way in a fully guided behind-the-scenes private tour. Visit Jaguars.com for more information. We'll look around the National Football League when we return. It's Jaguars Thursday on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back to the HananiahAutos.com studio. Jaguars Thursday continues right now. Final moments, Jaguars Thursday. Check out Jack Hanania's Audi Jacksonville Unblanding. You can lease a beautiful new A3 from just two twenty nine dollars a month. Head over today for details. It's like you were loosening up the old wing there. I am, I am, I am. I'm getting getting loose. Okay. Getting loose. I mean, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, down stretch. Ten minutes to go. There we go. Let's finish strong. Let's look around the National Football League. And we start off with the Chiefs and the Redskins reaching a deal for Alex Smith. He's headed to Washington for a third-round pick and an unnamed player that was later identified as cornerback Kendall Fuller. He's the first quarterback to lead the NFL in touchdown-to-interception ratio in one season and then change teams the next season. Alex Smith. Crazy, right? Poor Kendall Fuller. He's reading on... uh, what is it? Social media that, Twitter, that yes. he's, he's traded, and he's he's like tweeting out, laughing things like you know, thinking people are joking. <laughs> no, it ain't <laughs> it ain't ended up being true, right? Yeah, that's right. You know, so uh, look, uh, I'm a I'm a big Patrick Mahomes fan. You always have been. I've said yes. I've said it from the very get go. He's uh, he's probably the my 
favorite quarterback that I have ever watched college film on. Uh, ever? On a, on a guy coming on draft, yeah. Ever? And I, and I haven't watched I mean, I, obviously, didn't watch I, I, the I didn't watch film of Peyton Manning or, you know. Montana, I mean, I, we're talking in the last ten years. Okay. You know, maybe eight years that so I really. quarterbacks have come out in the last. No, there has been. There have been a few. But, I mean, he, he, he can make every throw from any position. I think he's got uh, uh, great uh, genetics, bloodlines. You know, his dad obviously was a pro ball player. You know, so I'm, I'm first of all, to make the – I can't wait to see him play football. Let me say that. Okay. And for uh, for Alex Smith, I'm excited for him because, you know what, he's got a team that's committed to him for the long term in, in the Washington Redskins. Now. He's got a year left in this deal and a four-year extension. Good for him. Good for him. And, and you know what, it's good for Jay Gruden. To finally have a quarterback that he knows that he's going to have more than for the next year. Yeah. You know? And, oh, and, uh, and also good for Kirk Cousins. He'll be swimming in money in about a month's time. Oh, oh my. Wouldn't you like to be him? This will be the highest contract ever in NFL free agency. Um, top quarterbacks in the league, you know, $25 million, something like that a year. You, you put... One of the better quarterbacks, because I mean, he's not a top quarterback, but one of the better quarterbacks in the league on the open market. And you're talking $30 million a year? Yeah, and, and they're talking 90 to 100 guaranteed. The only, the only disappointing thing for Kirk Cousins is that uh, there's not another Washington Redskins team that's going to be bidding for his services because the Washington Redskins have been known in the past to pay crazy amounts of money for certain free agents. Uh, but there are going to be some teams that are certainly going to be in the bidding. And I think, uh, you know, the, the price has got to start out at $25 million a year. And it's probably going to end up 30 30-plus, which is unbelievable. And, uh, and But good for him. I mean, if that's what the market is, then, then that's what the market is. Really good for him. Uh, Thursday night football, moving to Fox Sports the next five seasons, six hundred and sixty million bucks a year. Yeah, well, they got to pay Kirk. They got to pay Kirk Cousins. <laughs> That's right. I Thursday mean, football's here to stay. How much you say this? Five hundred fifty million a year. Six sixty a year. Six sixty a year. I think it used to be four fifty. Yeah, those days are long it's gone. A, it's a big increase and uh, and great. You know, uh, look, the NFL is the the most dominating program in primetime television. Period. Bar none. Mm-hmm. And so you have a network just like Fox did the first time that they garnered the National Football League. They overpaid, quote-unquote, okay, for the NFL, which defined Fox as a network, put them on the map. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm sure that uh, they will use uh, the NFL platform on Thursday nights to promote the rest of their programming that they have, not only on Fox Television, but uh, Fox Sports, FS1, uh, FX. I mean, all the other Fox platforms that they have. It's an investment if you if you're looking at it from their perspective. Roger Goodell, Commissioner of the National Football League, held his annual Super Bowl press conference yesterday. Plenty of questions logs about the catch rule, and he said this quote: "From our standpoint, I would like to start back instead of adding to the rule, subtracting the rule, to start over again and look at the rule fundamentally from the start." Well, in I think I think Mike Florio. Uh, they actually had, uh, gosh, who was it on? Rich McKay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had him on this week. Falcons president. Yes. Well, he's a Falcon, but he's also the he's on the competition competition, competition committee. committee. That's correct. And uh, they, they talked about uh, 
taking one part of of the equation out of the the reviewer's hands, which is, you know, was it possessed long enough, and which is a subjective thing. If you want to review certain things that are objective, or the feed in, et cetera, then that's fine. But certain things that are uh, of an opinion. You know, you're trying to slow it down and, and go in slow motion to determine whether something happened. I thought I thought Florio and those guys had a great suggestion. Take that out of the review process and just make the things that are, are obvious for review. Feed in, you know, et cetera. Uh, I, think is, I think that's a great way to do it. You know, then you kind of shorten up some of the things and certain things won't be, you know, sitting there under review forever. And finally, as most teams do before the Super Bowl, some teams do it. Uh, they'll bring in a guest speaker sometimes. The Eagles Brett Favre. are bringing in Brett Favre. Favre. Uh, Doug Peterson's former teammate, of course, back up for Favre for a long yeah. time. What do you make of this one? Does, I think will, it's help great. Will the Eagles over the like top? It's, it has, has, it's gonna, not going to have any impact on the game whatsoever. <laughs> you know, but it's, uh, but it's Brett Favre. I mean, it's, it's, it is. he's cool, right? I mean, he's wearing Wrangler jeans, and he wears copper elbow braces and knee braces, and um, he's a what shave club? Um, <laughs> Maybe it's just a big sales pitch for him. You know what though? He's actually Brett Brett Favre's kind of getting in trouble. Uh, some of the companies that he's been doing these infomercials for um, are, are getting in trouble, and it's not a good look for Brett Favre. Hmm. Check clears. He's still the man, though, man. Yeah. Brett's awesome. Love the way he played the game. Yep. And uh, uh, he's he's always been one of my. I've always been one of. One of his fans. Vince Wilfork spoke with the Patriots today after practice, by the way. Former Patriot, of course, the biggest he, man in football. I, and he, I hope he lost some weight. I mean, I mean, he's a guy, Vince Wilfork. He's a big guy. That, you know, when he first came in the league, you know, he was, I don't know exactly what he was, but he was kind of a svelte defensive lineman, and then he just continued to gain weight. And then he was kind of okay. Then he was a big, you know, guy that could run. And then he became a big guy from tackle to tackle, right? Okay, but couldn't run sideline to sideline anymore. Then he goes to Houston. And then he becomes from, instead of tackle to tackle, he becomes, okay, from the guard to the guard guy. Okay, so in other words, it starts shrinking because he's, just, he's gotten bigger and bigger and yeah. bigger. And I hope that he is taking care of himself now that he is done playing the game because um, – he needs. He's got a lot of life to live, and I, and I hope that uh, he he does it in a healthy way. There's a look around the National Football League. Let's pick Super Bowl Fifty. Who you got? Who you got? Tony Baselli picked New England earlier. He's in the lead, so I got to go What's Philly. Uh, it's by a few points. It's not by many, uh, but this counts for fifty-two points since it's Super Bowl Fifty-two. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. The underdogs are going to get it done with the dog masks and everything. That's what I got. Who you got, Locks? A G L E S Eagles 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 yeah, Philly all day. Joe was giving me the the, uh, the the Philly chant in the background. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Eagles. I think it's going to be a great football game. Uh, would I be surprised if Tom Brady ends up you know finding a way to win? No, because he is greatness, um, and you know greatness greatness always seems to find a way to kind of emerge. Uh, but I think that, that certain years are, are meant to be. And uh, Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, Jason Peters, you know, the, all those guys with the Philadelphia team and a lot of things that they've been through this year, 
you know, certain things are just meant to be, and I, I think this is the Eagles' year. And I think there's going to be a lot of Eagles fans time trying to climb greased light poles over Sunday night and Monday. I think I, I read somewhere they're not even going to grease them this time because it didn't work last time anyway. So no, it didn't work. And, and, you know, here's the thing. If you're going to do it, don't tell everybody about it because you know what it becomes then? A competition. A challenge. Yeah. Who, who can get the light? Get up the light pole? <laughs> Uh, by the way, the other yes. thing that you did not put in there, and this was kind of interesting, that Arthur Blank was offended that Robert Kraft would, you know, design the Patriots Super Bowl ring from last year yes. to have 283 diamonds. Did you see that today? I did see that. 28 to 3 was the deficit. Because it was 28 yes. to 3, the deficit, the Patriots ended up coming back and winning in that game. And, and, and Arthur Blank, you know, thought that that was a little bit uh, uh, wrong. You know, and here's the thing. Here would be my message to Arthur Blank. Mm. If you win sure the game, listening. okay, you can do whatever you want. If he wants to have 283 diamonds, okay, on the ring, they can have 283 diamonds on the ring. And this year, you know how many they might have on the ring? They might have six big fat ones. Yeah. Representing the six Super Bowls, okay? It's true. That Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have won. But you just picked Philly. But I'm picking Philly. Yeah. Okay, good. Just making sure. I'm picking Philly, but I'm just making my point about Thanks. the ring. Arthur Blank, just like Terrell Owens, we, Arthur we, Blank should have kept his mouth shut about the go. diamond. Hollywood Hockman, Joe Fortunato, that's Jeff Lagerman. For Tony Baselli, John Osier, and yes, yes, I'm J.P. Shatter. Jaguars Thursday on Jaguars Radio. <laughs>